I would say life is an adventure, and if you go here and there, life is an adventure. But what happens if, when you're with me, life isn't an adventure? And in that way, you keep on, I had to have that challenge of referring back to those key words throughout, but it kept me grounded, and it was a longer topic, but you, you find ways to just fit it in, and then at the end, it's, it's going to come across as coherent, cohesive, and I, I get people telling me all the time, they'll say, Welcome to Episode 5 of B50 After Dark. I'm your host, Mickey Bennett, and in today's episode, we'll be talking to our guest, Elisa Schneider, about preparing for the unknown. But first, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, Habitat Commons. Habitat Commons is a beautiful, modern co-working space for creatives and professionals. Their facility is located in Plano, Texas, and if you want to learn more about what they offer, go to their website, HabitatCommons.com. Step up to District 50 leadership. It's your chance to grow your potential. We're looking for leaders like you. Apply or nominate someone for TRIO positions, district director, program quality director, and club growth director, plus the six division directors for the coming year. Forms are due by January 15th. Email to leadership at d50tm.org. This goes to the chair, Christy Peterson, Distinguished Toastmaster. Join us on December 14th for a leadership learning session on Zoom at 7 p.m. Keep an eye out for our After Dark podcast discussing leadership and area director opportunities. Submit your application and bio forms for elected positions by January 15th to leadership at d50tm.org. Learn about qualifications and roles at Toastmasters International's Call for Nominations page. Check the DLC-Call for Nominations at our District 50 website, d50tm.org slash district-50 slash leadership. Lead with us and grow. Contact Christy at leadership at d50tm.org to embark on this fulfilling journey. Elevate your leadership skills and have fun while shaping District 50's future. For more details, visit the d50tm.org website and select the DLC call for nominations. Join us and inspire change. Elisa, welcome to D50 After Dark. Thank you so much, Mickey. It is great to be here with you tonight. Now, now today's topic is preparing for the unknown. And in Toastmasters, that means table topics. And you're somewhat of an expert in the topic of table topics. You won the District 91 Table Topics Contest in 2022. Now, where is District 91? That is located in London, UK. And so you're from London? You don't have a London accent. <laughs> you caught me on that one. I actually had the pleasure of traveling virtually when COVID hit. And I realized that if my Toastmasters club had gone online, then so many other clubs had too. And I just asked, where, where would I want to visit? And London came up as one of them. And later on, I had the pleasure of competing in London, making it to district, and then winning first place in table topics. Wow, congratulations. That is really a big accomplishment to win at the district level. Now, you joined Toastmasters in, in 2020. That's correct. Now, what was your first impression of table topics? Did you immediately love it? 
oh, if by loving it you mean I hid for five months and never once raised my hand, <laughs> then yes, I loved it. But actually, no one noticed that I was that I was hiding in the corner, hoping that no one would call on me. And thankfully, no one did. Until I started traveling virtually and suddenly ended up as the guest in all of these different meetings. And as anybody who's been in Toastmasters knows, we always pick on guests for table topics. And suddenly I was the center of attention and I didn't know what to say. <laughs> now, what is it about table topics that had you not want to be called on? It's the fact that it's impromptu and you don't know what you're going to be asked. And sometimes in Toastmasters, we have a lot of fun and we ask funny questions, which make it even harder because you're, you're stuck for a response. And it can be a scary experience. You don't want to fall on your face. You want to come across as a seasoned speaker, but you don't know what to say. Yes, we often fear the unknown, but you have clearly made it your friend. Tell me, why should our audience want to compete in table topics contests? There's so many opportunities to use the impromptu speaking that we, we hone as a skill in Toastmasters. The reality is that most of our conversation, most of our communication is not a prepared speech. Right now, you and I are talking on the spot, impromptu, and this is one of many opportunities that we have, whether it's just a conversation with a friend, with a person, a coworker at work, or even in a business meeting. We want to be ready. We want to be prepared so that when that question comes, we're ready to shine, and we're ready to shine in a professional manner. Yeah, it really is useful in professional environments. The the classic example I give for people as to why they want to develop the skill is interviews. When you go in for a job interview, if you have answered dozens or hundreds of table topics questions, you're going to come across confident and experienced. You're absolutely right. And especially in interviews, you want to be prepared with your response. And there are certain tips and strategies that you can put into place so that no matter what the question is, you're ready to roll. Now, I understand you have several tips, and we're going to get into those in a minute. But first, when you won the Table Topics Championship in District 91, did it just come naturally, or did you have to work hard to prepare for it? I found myself in, as I mentioned, a lot of scenarios where I kept getting called on for table topics. And so I have to say, I did lose that fear of being called on. And you just get to a place where you're like, you know, whatever comes out, that's, that's what it's going to be. And we're going to keep on from there. And, and you realize that it's not, you know, there's not some great big danger waiting on the other side. You answer the question, you're ready to go. But when it came to preparing for a district, I... I wasn't actually too involved in topics. I wasn't too enthused about it. I was more focused on my humor speech and my, my international speech. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll just do table topics just because it's good practice. And then I kept winning. I won club, and then it was area, and then division. And for a while, I thought, what's wrong with these judges? I don't know if they know what they're doing, <laughs> because I still didn't feel very experienced. But then when I won district, I was able to look back and realize that there were certain techniques that I was using that when I watched other pro speakers, they were using them too. So they are, they're universal concepts that work no matter where you are, no matter who you are, or what audience you're addressing. Now, 
for those of our audience who went to the recent District 50 Folderall, they may have already met you. You gave a workshop on doing table topics there at the District 50 Folderall. And there you gave what you call the five secrets to table topics. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Well, let's dive in. What, what's the first tip? Very first tip. You want to answer the question. And that will shine, that will make you shine as a professional because if you just take a pause and you figure out what you're going to say and just answer the question and then figure out how you're going to weave the rest of your response. But you want to start and end by answering the question. So when you've given your response, you come to the end and you say, and this is, this is my answer, this is my conclusion. And just with that one tip, you're, you're going to come across as organized, like almost like you planned it because you started and ended in the same place. That's such great advice. And I feel like that tip could also be used for a prepared speech as well. When you're writing a prepared speech, it's also very useful to end where you started off. Absolutely. And a lot of these tips that, that we use for impromptu speaking are actually tips that we're familiar with. But what most audience members aren't aware is that you can apply all of these prepared speech tips to impromptu speaking. And starting and ending in the same place is the, the very first one. Yeah. It just takes a little tweaking for the impromptu situation. <laughs> very good. Well, what's, what's another one of your tips? There is another tip called signposting, which if you start listening to speakers, you'll realize that they don't all have a grasp on this. We're talking experienced speakers. I, I once heard a, a world-class toast win a winning contest Toastmaster, and when that person was asked the question, he was all over the board. So in order to avoid that, which we call getting off topic, it's the signposting. It's the sticking to that same topic, those same words. For example, if you're asked, what is a challenge that you faced in life? You will focus on referring to faced and challenge. Well, one challenge that I faced was when my, my dog ran off and I didn't know what to do. And then another challenge was when my mom was, was ill and I had to you know, be taking care of her, taking her to treatments. And then another challenge. And these are all challenges that I faced. And see, I kept on using those two key words, faced and challenge, and what that does is as a speaker, it helps me to stay on topic. Because when I know what I want to say, when I know where I'm going, then the audience will as well. And, and if you ever just take a few minutes to listen to speakers, you will notice how often they struggle with staying on topic. And yet it's resolved so simply. Just remember your key words, keep referring back. In this case, the key word is signposting. Signpost, and you will be on track to coming across as pro and shining on stage. Very interesting. Now, when you do the signposting for a table topic question, how many do you need? In this example, you use two. Is it always two, or is it sometimes three or four signposts? It's going to depend on the, on the question. That's why, ideally, in contests, they're not allowed to ask very extensive questions they're supposed to be minimal so that you can know exactly what you're responding to. But again, if it's a very long question, then just try to stick to your two or three key words, and that's going to be your anchor so that you know exactly where you are at any given time. You just keep referring back, keep referring back, and that will actually keep you from getting lost in what you're trying to say. And, and you'll repeat, sometimes you use these words to repeat in your answers. Like Absolutely. Ch challenge I faced, another challenge... 
And it, 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 what's, what I really love about this tip is it also ties in with a rhetorical technique of repeating words for emphasis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for example, when I competed, the question was, when you're with me, life is an adventure. It was more of a statement. But throughout the topic, my challenge was then uh, an adventure. I would say life is an adventure. And if you go here and there, life is an adventure. But what happens if when you're with me, life isn't an adventure? And th in that way, you keep on, you had to have that challenge of referring back to those key words throughout. But it kept me grounded. And it was a longer topic. But you, you find ways to just fit it in. And then at the end, it's, it's going to come across as coherent, cohesive. And I, I get people telling me all the time, they'll say, Elisa, it just, your topics sound like, like prepared speeches. But that's because I keep on using those keywords and signposting. And then suddenly it's like, whoa, how did she do that? But it's, it's really easy. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we're, we're not going to do all five of your tips in today's episode, but Give, give us one more of your five tips, five secrets. This one pertains to the heart of speaking. If we really dig down deep and ask ourselves, why do I get up and take the stage? When I'm in a meeting, why do I answer the question? At the end of the day, it's about our audience. And especially when we're in Toastmasters, we were, you know, we're giving a topic or we're competing in a contest. Question is, how does the audience get value from what I'm saying? Because I've seen a lot of table topic speakers get so engaged and immersed in their story, and then that's where they end. But we are challenged as speakers to build that bridge between our lives and the lives of our audiences. And it's actually very simple. It's by using the word we that we can connect. So if I start telling you a story about how I went to the beach and it was a beautiful day and the sand, I could feel it between my toes, the hair, uh, the wind blowing through my hair... And then I say, and we've all been there. We've probably all been to the beach, and you know what that feels like. See, now I'm not the only one that's in the beach or at the beach. Now the audience is there with me because I've now used the word we, and you're recalling your memories of being at the beach. So now I've created an experience for you, and you're going to remember what I talked about. That is really great tip. And when... Even when giving a prepared speech, I feel so often we get caught up in what our speech is, what our message is, us, are we using crutch words, all of these things, and it's easy to lose sight of the audience, which is perhaps the most important part of communicating is your audience and how they're receiving it. And your tip is simply to find a way to say we, and that does the trick. Absolutely. And that is the gift that we give the audience. Because sometimes if I'm listening to your topic, maybe your story is similar to one that I've been through. But the minute that you build that bridge and you use the word we or you use the word you, now you're making it clear how I see myself in your story and how your story pertains to my experience. And the minute you do that, now your, your topic and your story is a gift in my life because now I'm connected I'm remembering, and I can take away whatever lesson you gleaned in your life. Very cool. Well, not some like I said, some of our audience already got to hear your presentation. They've heard these tips and a few others. For those people 
who want just a little bit more, do you have any extra tips that you didn't cover in, in your Folderall presentation? Absolutely. I have got an advanced tip for those of our audience members who are thinking, I've already mastered all of these. Well, I have one more for you. And that is use of the metaphor. There are often times in life where we're talking about abstract concepts that is very hard for us to either explain or to get an audience to understand. But again, there's a simple method where we can bridge that gap, and it's called using the metaphor. For example, if, if I say, it's been a really hard day and I'm so tired and I just don't know, you know if I can you know, get through this day, you'll be like, okay, she's having a, you know, she's a bit tired, it's a rough day. If I say to you, I feel like I'm climbing Mount Everest and I'm running out of breath and I don't know if I'm going to make it to the top. Wow. Whoa. Now that's hitting home because now you, you can picture that emotion where before it was just this abstract feeling. You can now see that. You can feel what that's like, the snow and the cold and the running out of air. And that's the power of the metaphor is that it can help us to explain concepts which in any other way are almost impossible to communicate. I like that. I like metaphors. But how do you how do you prepare for table topics with metaphors? Do you have like a book of metaphors? Like what does this look like? If you're my dad, you have us all sit down at the table and we just pick a random object and we get a metaphor from it. So this this microphone reminds me of how in life we have to be microphones and we have to get up and speak our truth. I've just created a metaphor. I could take any object. This phone reminds me of communication. And communication is vital. It's how we, we transmit and our messages to others and, and constantly are being, you know, keeping in touch. So, so these tips, in order for them to become a part of who we are, we have to incorporate them into our daily lives. And you can turn it into a game like my dad used to do. Uh, or, or you just focus on incorporating them throughout your day because we're all involved in conversation. We're on the phone, we're speaking in person, we're sending voice messages, we're at work, and it's, it's never going to be possible to take the stage and just suddenly implement all of this information and these techniques. They have to become a part of who you are in order for them to then work when you're on the stage. Wow, making table topics a part of who you are. That reminds me of something you told me before the interview that you don't just practice table topics in your Toastmasters club, that you practice it in every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? A few weeks back, I was giving a workshop in preparation for the district workshop, and I had feedback that I was talking too fast, not pausing, and it was, it was a little bit too much. So I went back and watched, and sure enough, it was, it, was a, it was work to be improved on. But I realized that I couldn't just stand up a few weeks later and, and fix that all in, in one go. So I started telling all my friends, hey, I am practicing with you right now. If you hear me speaking a little bit slower, it's because I'm trying to put this technique into practice. So please bear with me. This is me just practicing I'm fine. <laughs> we will get through this. And so I just started incorporating it into my daily conversations with people. And by the end of the week, it, it had become, I may not have mastered it entirely, but it became more a part of who I was so that 
when it came time to take the stage, I'm not in my head thinking, I need to speak slower, I need to pause. Now I'm present with you because I've already practiced that mm -hmm. and it's become a part of who I am. Did your friends think that was weird? <laughs> Maybe just a little. <laughs> they said, Elisa, uh, you know, when you're done with this exercise, feel free to speak faster with us because, you know, we get it. But they were, they were understanding. So. Yeah, I had one more question to ask you about, about table topics. When you respond to a table topics question, do you prefer the narrative or the exposition? Do you prefer to tell a story or do you prefer to explain something? That is going to depend on the question because there may be a question that I can't think of a story for in the moment. For example, the question I got asked at District when you're with me, life is an adventure, I couldn't really think of a story for that particular topic. And I just started talking in generalities. Life is an adventure, we've got successes, we've got challenges. And, and as I weaved it, wove it, then I was able to latch onto a story, but that didn't come right away. So sometimes the questions are more conducive to either exposition or storytelling. And it almost just depends what our mind can come up with in the moment. Very cool. Well, Elisa, this has been really great talking to you about table topics, and I'm pretty sure that our audience is going to want to know even more about table topics. If And, and you've told me that our audience can reach out to you to uh, ask questions, to possibly schedule you as a guest speaker at their club, and you are a professional speaker, so they could also hire you to speak at one of their events. How does our audience find you? They can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My profile is Elisa Schneider, or also connect through email at elisaschneiderspeaks at gmail.com. We'll make sure to put those in the show notes so that our audience can find them and reach out to you as a speaker. Elisa, it's been so great talking to you and uh, I hope to talk to you again soon and and that that'll be it for today well thank you for checking in to another episode of d50 after dark we will catch you next time every single person is there to see you succeed so take that step into the unknown stand up on stage and answer the question Remember that no art can be perfected without being practiced, so practice in order to perfect. Watch Table Topics winners from other districts. If you go to YouTube and type in Table Topics winners, you will find recordings from districts all around the world. And what's interesting is, you'll start noticing that these winners use the secrets we spoke about today. It turns out that these secrets are universal. The people that shine on stage do so because they know how to implement these secrets. So your homework is to observe and take notes on which secrets each of these speakers used. Why? Because what you can identify, you can implement. Listen to newscasters, presenters, even friends when you're having a conversation and take notes on which secrets they used. Everywhere you go, whether you're at home, watching TV or in a conversation, you will notice that the secrets we discussed are part of everyday life. And the more you use them, the more you'll succeed.